We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. We have tagged this, we've called, we've titled this message, this message series on Jesus. Hearsay or what? Or witness. Are you a witness or is it just hearsay? Is you, are you a witness or is it just hearsay? What does Jesus actually mean to you? What does the gathering of believers mean to you? Does it really have any meaning anymore? You know, sometimes we look at, we look at the landscape of our faith. It's all led by the giftings of men. We are not driven by mission. We are not driven by the purpose of Jesus. We are driven by personalities and profiles. You know, we've brought Hollywood into church. So we follow our men of God. The only, thing we want to need, the only thing we want to see is the gift of man rather than the one who gifts men. And I'm believing God that God will use this ministry to change the landscape and the narrative of our faith. In other words, yes, however you came in, whether by diffusion, by osmosis or needs. <laughs> you know, sometimes we come in by osmosis, you know. Uh, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm going to church. Hey, is it good? Yes. Okay, you just come along. You come along, you look around and you say, wow, this church is beautiful. The pastor is cool. <laughs> you know, the bright lights reminds you of your disco days. <laughs> and for some of you that just came from the nightclub on Friday, oh, wow, there's no difference here. You know, <laughs> you're so, you, know, well, you know, sometimes you are so comfortable in church, you don't know why you are comfortable. And for those of you, and for those of you who are into girls, you show up in church, see the beautiful girls, see the usher, I love this church. <laughs> so the point is, however you came, Jesus, you know, he, you, however you came to Jesus, it doesn't matter. But now that you are here, you've got to look beyond the girls, look beyond their jobs, look beyond your needs, and actually ask yourself, what exactly am I doing here? The shameful thing is that sometimes many of us cannot answer that question. We can't. We cannot. You know, when you, you, the church is so beautiful, you socialize so much, you know, you, you put the social engagement above the real reason why you are here. But I must remind you that at the same time, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus entered Jerusalem. The ministry he started three years, three years prior was going to come to conclusion this same week, 2,000 years ago. And he came for a purpose. He came for a reason. He came for your soul. He came for your salvation. And many of us have forgotten that. And so a gentleman asked him and said, Master, so what's the greatest commandment? And he said, just two things. Love God, love your neighbor. And many of us don't even know what it means to love our neighbors. We are so self-obsessed. You know, our attention span these days is less than the attention span of a fish. Because we just crave for things. It's me, 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 me. We are swallowed up by me and backed up by I. We can't see Jesus. And I want to use this week to reflect on the reason why Jesus came. First, to die for you. And two, to use you to reach others. That's the true purpose. That's true mission. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so for me, um, 
If I ask, if, I, if you ask me what Jesus means to me, for me it's just kindness. I don't know what Jesus means to you. It's just kindness. Kindness. Kindness is simply love in action. Love always wins. That's why the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. There's something called eternal life. Have you thought about it? I've never seen anybody who died and they buried his certificates with him. I've never seen, never seen anyone who died and they buried his houses with him. So, so what exactly is the point? This struggle, this drive. What is the point? So for me, it means kindness. Kindness is simply love in action. Love always wins. And we have a world who is waiting for us to love them to Christ. And this is where we, we fall flat on our faces. Even right now, the world is looking for a solution. Things are going on people don't understand. And this is a, this is a pivotal moment in the history of the church for us who are Jesus followers to step up and say, you know what, I, I know, Jesus said this years ago, there will be wars, there will be rumors of war, there will be inflation, there will be hunger. It's not the first time. It's not the first time currency will fail. It failed in Egypt. It took a believer. It took a, it took a child of God to resource and resuscitate a whole economy. This is the best time of the church. But the problem is that we don't know God enough to bring about God's agenda. We don't know God enough to bring about God's agenda. And your agenda will perish on this earth the moment you are buried. We don't know. Laws are changing around us. I mean, just last week here, you know what's going on in the UK. I say, you want to, if you don't like your wife anymore, just get up and say, I don't like her. That's okay, you can go. I say, wow, United Kingdom. Oh, I said before, you say it's from, I said before, we say it's due to unreasonable behavior. You say you don't need that. I said because, well, it's due to irreconcilable differences. You don't need that. You don't want to marry anymore. Then just go. How about the children? No, don't worry. They take care of themselves. We live in two kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness, maybe three. The kingdom of darkness, Jesus said. The kingdom of God and United Kingdom. <laughs> Where do you live? And what governs you? Our laws are different. And I'm telling you this, UK, can, UK may tell you, you can, you can leave your spouse whenever you feel like well, if you, are in the kingdom, if you are in the kingdom of darkness, that's okay. But if you belong to Jesus, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. So before you say I do, think twice. Because where this leads to is that 
You say I do on Monday, Sunday, he said, I don't like the way you make my cup of tea. So I'm going. See, you don't, you don't need, say no excuse. You don't need no reason. No reason. I'm out of here. Pack your bag and go. Fast forward to 10, 20 years from now, what kind of young adult will we have? A nation with broken promises. Do you know the impact that we have on drugs? On crime? A fatherless society? But no, it doesn't matter because it's me rule. My, my, my rule. And that's what the world is ever trying to prove. Be a God unto yourself. But we must win people over. We must win our nation over. And it will take the love of Christ to do it. That's the example that Jesus showed us. Kindness is so important that God sent us an example named Jesus Christ. Titus 3, verses 4 to 5, Living Bible. It says, but when the time came for the kindness and love of God, our Savior, to appear, then he saved us. Not because we were good enough to be saved, but because of his kindness and pity. Bring up my scripture. Because of his kindness and pity. By washing away our sins, giving us the new joy of the indwelling Holy Spirit. You are different. You are not of this world. And it's true love that will win everyone around us. And we just start with your family. And that's why we said this week, write their names down. Pray for them. Five minutes. Five minutes, 1 p.m. 1 p.m. every day. The whole camp come together and pray for this list. And then this week, you send them an invitation card. You should have an invite right now with you in this hall. And for those of you who are online, if you go to gatewaychapel.info forward slash Easter invite, download your, download your invitation. Send to someone. It's just an invitation. We can't sit back and watch our nation disintegrate. We cannot sit back and watch family values disintegrate. We cannot sit back and, and, watch, and watch personalities and profiling disintegrate. What are you? Are you he? I don't know. Are you she? Are you? We just call me they. <laughs> well, it sounds like a joke, but, but it's not. Well, I'm, I'm, I, well, I don't have kids in school. I just feel sorry for the five-year-old kid. Who wakes up and looks at himself, looks down and says, well, I think I'm a man. They'll say, well, no, no, you're not. They want to say, well, what's my name? Whatever you want to be. Who said I am what I want to be? Who said in scripture, I am what I want to be? God. He said, I am that I am. I am whatever you want me to be to you. And the world twisted around. You can be. So the whole, the whole plan is that this is take off God. Let us all be God unto ourselves. Jesus is a kindness of God. Jesus said, watch me. If you know, if you want to know what kindness is, watch me. John 13, 14 and 15 says, and since, and since I, the Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each, other, wash each other's feet. 
I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. It's when the body of believers come together and we relate examples in how we relate. That's how we can influence our world. We cannot influence our world by being like the world. We cannot. We cannot influence our world by having the same values as the world. If your faith is not bringing a transformation and a change and a, and a subscription to a mission, you, have, you, will not, you don't know what you are doing. And there are so many who have been in church through osmosis and diffusion that they don't really know what they are doing. That's why we run a lot of program. We're doing a global discipleship program. All right, and I'll give you more information about that later. All right? Well, can I also talk about it now? I want to do a global discipleship program. So I want you all to register for it. Because I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of family you're going to be raising in the future. You cannot, you, if you don't know Christ, I don't know the mission for Christ, you are not subscribed, it's not just, oh Lord, I feel good. Oh Lord, I, I want this. No, that's what babies do. So after the service, I want you to go register for this program. It will be a five, six weeks program. And all the pastors, ministers, we're going to come together. We'll have a program. We'll take you through. We're going to go through a baptism of the Holy Spirit together. This is a post-pandemic church. You cannot live your life. This, it's, this is no longer business as usual. Many have died. So you are here on purpose. Four ways God shows us kindness. Four ways God shows us kindness. So we need to show the same kindness to one another. Right? And as we love one another, we then begin to influence our world. Number one, God understands your weaknesses. And God understands my weaknesses. Understanding and kindness go together. Understanding and kindness go together. The more understanding you are of a, of a person, the likely possibility that you'll be kind to them. And so many of us don't even know, we don't, many of us don't know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, it's very difficult for you to live the life of Christ because you don't know him. Praise the Lord. Don't you just love it when people get you? How many of you have been there before? You just love people because they, they understand you. They just, you just we, we call it, you just click with them because they get you. Hebrews 4, 15, 16 says, This high priest of ours, this high priest of ours, understand our weaknesses. Since he, since he had the same temptations we do, though he never once gave, gave, he never once gave way to them and sinned. So let us come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there to receive his mercy and to, and to find grace to help, and to find grace to help us in our times of need. Let's come boldly because we do not have a high priest. Who, so he came as man. Tempted as man, but he never sinned to show us that there's a way out. So you can live for God. You can be kind. God shows you kindness. Shows you kindness. There will never be a time where you wake up and Jesus says, well, I don't love you anymore. No. Even if you, even as you, even if you go through your weakest moments or a, a challenging time, Jesus understands. And he also wants us to understand this. Understand, get our brothers, get our sisters, be patient with one another, be kind to one another. 
Because love wins all the time. Love wins all the time. It's only through, through, through love we can win our world. But the problem is, we've come into church and we've become insular. We don't care about anything but our needs. So we serve a God who understands our weaknesses. When you go through a problem, he understands. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. It says, dear brothers, if a Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, see that? You who are godly, not of this world, should gently and humbly help him back onto the right path. So there's a right path. You and I are called to live the life of Christ on the right path. We've got to be heaven-focused, mission-oriented, love for Christ, driven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem the same time years ago, the very first place he went to was the synagogue. And when he got there, what did he find them doing? They were buying and selling. They were buying and selling. Does that remind us of our society today? So just so much buying and selling in the house of God. So much non-heavenly bound transactions that we don't even know the purpose of the church or the purpose of our relationship. Your friendship, should be so, your friendship with one another should be so attractive that people who are not saved want to be part of it. And you can then tell them, you know, our love for Christ is our commonality. And we can share the same love with you. That's what I'm talking about. He says, remembering that next time, it might be one of you who is in the wrong. Share each other's troubles and problems and so obey our Lord's command. God understands our weaknesses. So also understand that people have weaknesses and show compassion to people around you. Number two, he tells me the truth. Jesus tells us the truth. John 8.32 says, Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus loves you so much, but he will not leave you the same way you are. The laws of God may make us miserable, but only for a time. Only for a time. But the laws of God are designed to set us free. And you will know the truth, and the truth you know will set you free. Praise the Lord. But many of us don't like to hear the truth. We don't want to hear the truth. We want to hear the things that make us happy. We want to hear just good stuff only. Good things only. But Jesus is kind. The word of God is rich and kind. And so the word of God tells us the truth. The word of God levels with us. And sometimes our, the, the, we, we bring entertainment 
into the house of God as well. It's so fast-paced that we are hooked on the rush of a fast-paced life. And so when we come into the house of God and come into Christianity and come into faith and come into Christ, you know, if it's not, if it's not fast-paced, you know, we, we, you know, right now, many of you have probably just left off right now. You're thinking about, oh, oh what time am I going to go up there? Let me not your neighbor. Say my neighbor. Focus. You want to hear good stuff only. But Jesus tells you the truth. That's one of the reasons I love the Bible. The Bible is the only Bible, the only book, it's the only book you will find that tells you the truth. The Bible says that Moses wrote the first five books. And then in that account, he wrote his mo- he, wrote, he, wrote, he gave an account of his own mother. Of, I mean, of, um, of him committing crime. Who does that? You will not write your biography and put something bad in it. Only in the Bible. I said, David, the man after my heart. Yeah, but he killed, he killed, he's an adulterer and killed Goliath. <laughs> killed um, Uriah, Uriah. Took his friend's wife. Only in the Bible. And so you must subscribe to the Bible. And learn the truth about yourself from scriptures. So we have to level with each other. We have to speak the truth to one another. Like I'm speaking the truth to you now. We need to level with one another. Truth, you don't pray enough. Your prayer life is not good. Let me know, you see my neighbor. Let's level with one another. <laughs> you don't read your Bible. You don't read your Bible enough. I'm not saying you don't read your Bible. You don't know enough scriptures. Your values are too worldly. We're not saying don't have fun. But your phone, your phone is meaningless without mission. Do you have a sense of mission? But the Bible tells us. The Bible tells, speak the truth. And the Bible expects us to speak the truth to ourselves. Progress comes as a result of feedback. But many of us, it's only positive feedback we want to hear. We don't want to grow. What's your, what's your growth plan like when it comes to spiritual things? Are you growing as a believer? Or are you just same old, same old? Where you are two years ago, it's still the same place you are as a disciple. The same mistakes you made two years ago, you're still making the same mistakes now. You're not changing, you're not growing, you're not aspiring in the Lord. You're static. Your revelation is stale. Your experience is stale. The river of the Holy Spirit around you is uh, is static. There's no movement. You are borderline religious. There's no sense of mission to your faith. Just saying, I'm not saying you are like that, but just saying. Ephesians 4.15 says, 
but speak the truth in love, in all things, both our speech and our life expressing his truth. Let us grow up in all things into him. Let's grow up in all things. Your entire household, we grow up in all things into him. Let Christ reign and rule in your life, in your heart, in your home, in your behavior, in your attitude, in your character. Let Christ rule. Following his example, who is the head? Christ. The Messiah, the anointed one. Proverbs 24 to 26 says, An honest answer is a sign of true friendship. An honest answer is a sign of true friendship. Let's speak the truth to one another. What is your friendship like? What is it about your friendship you are failing to address? What is it about your relationships that you are failing to address? What is it about your friendship that you are pushing under the carpet? The Bible says we should grow and grow together. An honest answer is a sign of true friendship. So let's show kindness to one another. The Bible says, let's speak the truth to one another. A true friend will not just sit back and watch you make silly decisions and pretend it doesn't matter because they don't want to hurt the friendship. A true friend will not sit back and watch you degenerate spiritually and not tell you the truth because they don't want to hurt your feelings. That's not a true friend. That is not a true friend. So sometimes we need to hear the truth even even if it is painful. Psalm 141 verse 5. Good people may punish me and rebuke me in kindness, but I will never accept honor from evil people because I am always praying against their evil deeds. Good good people may punish me and rebuke me in kindness, even though what they are saying is harsh and tough, but it's in kindness. But I will never accept honor from an evil person. Fake honor. You know that this person is going down, but you honor them by not saying anything. Honor them by not speaking against that friendship. Number three, four ways God shows kindness to us. He forgives our sins. He forgives our sins. Because He is kind, He forgives our sins. He forgives our mistakes. And so we should forgive one another. We should forgive one another. Romans 3.23 says, Yes, we all have sinned, all fall short of God's glory, God's ideal, yet now God declares us not guilty, not guilty of offending him if we trust in Jesus Christ. That's, That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Many of us don't even know what the gospel is. A lot of believers don't know. So, make sure you register for the Global Discipleship Program, gatewaychapel.info forward slash start right. Let's all start right. We just come out of the pandemic. Let's start right. 
Let's lay a solid foundation, a foundation of faith. The average believer doesn't know what the gospel is. And you can try it. Call your friend and tell your friend, share the gospel with me. You'll be shocked. They'll say, God loves you. If you pray, he will give you a good job. If you are sick, he will heal you. That's not the gospel. Do you know what the gospel is? Do you know why we're still talking about him 2,000 years after? Do you even know what to share with your friends? Because the church sometimes has just become a nice club. An association of like-minded people who take interest in, their, in themselves. And once in a while, sprinkle the blood of Jesus around. We've got to fix it. Our world is dying. And Satan has his own agenda and pushing his agenda to your own children. Our faith is, is, is more than dancing and clapping and believing God for great things. Those things are yours anyway. And Jesus said, Who, he said, he said, he said which father will his son ask for bread? He will give him a stone. He said, even you in your wicked nature know how to give good things to your children. Say, hey, come on, give your father a break. Cut him some slack. And so sometimes your desire, your need, and the way you bank on heaven just shows how much of an unbeliever you are. When my kids were growing up, they never need to bank on my door to have McDonald's. No, they just come, they just ask. In fact, before they ask, I tell them, you know what, Saturday, McDonald's. Hey! Next year, you're going on these holidays. Hey! They didn't even request. I asked my kids, well, asked my children, what was their, their memory, the best memory they have on holidays? And they said, uh, Bordeaux in France. I said, Bordeaux in France. It rained throughout. Where we stayed, there was a cabin by the lake. There were no good restaurants. We had to drive 40 hours to get to buy McDonald's. I said, Bordeaux in France. I said, we spent a lot of money taking you to Disney. I'm talking about Disney. Have you heard about Disney? <laughs> Have you heard about Disney? Have you heard what's going on about Disney? What's your reaction? What's your plan? I salute them. They have a plan. And they will execute it. What's your own plan? You know what the church does best? We bury our hands and pretend it's not happening. And some of you are wondering, Disney, what's Disney? What's Disney? Come on, get your head off from the sand. Remove your head from your sand and look around. Everything Jesus said is already happening. You are oblivious because you're not spiritual enough. There's no fervency of spirit. Because church is just about being nice. We're playing nice. And our world is changing. People have agendas and they're pushing their agenda. And then people are chasing one prophet. <laughs> one prophet. 
Even Jesus didn't call himself prophet. <laughs> prophet Eddie. I give you a word right now. Seriously? These times? Russia is invading Ukraine. You are talking about giving you a word right now. And God said, well, come on. What's going on here? Are you not tired? The same thing, oh, same old thing, same old tricks, same old tricks, because people are just spiritually lazy and dumb. The church needs to arise. Now you've got to be, your, be the prophet and the apostle over your household and protect what you've got in Christ and protect your children. And nurture your children. If not, I can tell you, in 10 years' time, you look at your life, you won't like what you see. Ephesians 1.4, Living Bible. Long ago, even before he made the world, God chose us to be his very own through what Christ will do for us. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Someone has got to pay for eternal sins, the one you're committing and the one you will commit in the future. But God stepped up to the plate and said, no, what? I will pay that price for you. I will send my son to die for you. All you need to do is to believe in him and you will be saved. And together, we, we, we share the same message in the world by making disciples of all nations. That's the gospel, two seconds. That's the gospel, two seconds. We stand before God without fault. Ephesians 4.32 says, Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you, because you belong to Christ. You belong to Christ. How do I, how do I be kind like Christ? By forgiving other people. How do I forgive? By remembering that we too were forgiven. So how are you doing on the forgiving front, on the forgiveness front? Do you find it easy to forgive? Do we hold on to offenses? Do we do it quickly? Do we do it slowly? If we have a tough time forgiving people, then it probably means that we have not really placed value on forgiveness ourselves. And number four, God affirms my worth. He affirms my worth. There's something in every man, every woman, that yearns to matter. There's something in every man, every woman, that yearns to matter, to leave a legacy. Everything we do, Six to, answer that, to, six to answer that question, do I really matter? Do I really matter? But the Bible makes it very clear that you are important to God. This week is a solemn week for us as believers because it's the week that Jesus died. So we are important to God. Why, so why, how, why do I know that I am important to Jesus? Why? Two, two reasons. One, he loves me. He loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
So God loves you. There will never be a time when you are not loved. You will never wake up one day and find that, oh, God says, I no longer love you. No. That's not going to happen. Every second, God is thinking about you. Psalm 139 says, you saw me before I was born and sheltered each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. Every day. That's how much God loves you. Every day. God thinks about you every day. You may not think about God every day, but God thinks about you every day. There's no need to suffer an inferiority complex. God loves you every day. God thinks about you every day. He forgives you every day. Every day. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. And two, he sent his son to die for you. Romans 5.8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were sinners, while we were still sinners. So he died for us. That's how much. If you were the only person in the world, Jesus still would have come and died for you. So that matters. So don't let any man tell you you are not important. Don't let anyone devalue you. That's how important you are. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And with these four things, we learn to share these four things with one another and also pray about our world, pray about our society, and be, and through us, as we love on each other, the world will begin to see, see how much we love each other and begin to ask questions and begin to extend the same love that we share with the world. Amen? Praise the Lord. Rise to your feet and let us pray. I want to just take a minute and pray. Pray for the cards that we have with us right now. Those of you who have your names on the card, just if you have it, bring it out. If not, I want to just pray that the names we have on our cards, the people that we have on our list, names in our hearts, that we want the love of Jesus to reach out to. This week is very important. We want God to touch their, touch their hearts in the name of Jesus. Raise your voice and pray. Pray for the extension of the love of God. Pray for the extension of the love of God. Ask God to touch touch the souls of men. Ask the Lord to touch the souls of men. Call them by name if you know their names and say, Father, I pray. I pray. I pray for Mr. A, Mr. B, Mr. C. I pray for Ms. A, Mrs. A, Mrs. B, Mrs. C. Call them by names. It's not the will of God that anyone should die but have eternal life. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I want to pray for ourselves as believers. Use ourselves as a point of contact to the body of Christ. We want to ask God to bring healing, awareness, consciousness. Raise your voice and just pray. Pray for yourself and say, Lord, here am I. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. Touch my heart, O God. Touch my heart. Touch my heart. 
Make my heart mission-oriented. Make my heart purpose-driven. Make my heart mission-driven. Make my heart heaven-driven. Turn my heart towards you, O Lord. There's so much to be done on this earth. Here we are, Lord. Use us. Use us to your glory. 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 Heavenly Father, we thank you. Jehovah, we bless your name. Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the adoration. We worship. Father, we ask, oh God, that you enlist us today. Lord, enlist us. Give us a sense of mission. In the name of Jesus. Stir up eternity in our hearts, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, stir up your kindness in our hearts. Help us to reach out to our neighbors. Help us to reach out to our friends. Father, put eternity in our hearts, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for dying for us. We thank you for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Thank you, Father, for revealing your love to us through Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you. We bless your holy name. Even as we go into this week, Father, we pray, Lord, that we carry the consciousness of this holy week, Father, in the name of Jesus. A week that ends in the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. Everything that this week carries, Father, the anointing and the grace and the embodiment of this week, Father, we ask God that it be expressed in our everything that we do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the family say, Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk. Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.